This podcast is a reading of Sivan Ordia's basis of Ionist philosophy and is a quick introduction into Ionism. Special thanks to the Ionist administrators who translated Sivan's work into English on his blog. We are also very grateful for the help from Ionist Rolando Corzo who helped proof read this English text and fixed many grammatical errors. This is a reading of extracts 1 to 3. What it means to be a Hindu Ionist. Who is the founder of Ionism and when was Ionism born? And finally, how to live as an Ionist. Part 1: What it means to be a Hindu Ionist. To be a Hindu Ionist, one must simply believe that all beings are one with Brahman. When we mean all beings, We literally mean everything in this universe and the multitude of universes that surround us. We also mean everything in the multitude of dimensions that contain these innumerable universes. What this means in practice is that we must love everyone unconditionally as one even if they are our enemies or even if they are considered to be evil entities. I know this sounds like a radical idea but even negative entities like asuras and rakshasas are part of brahman they are just another expression of the truth some ionists are drawn to the path of positivity and truth finding solace in meditation and research other hindu ionists strive for the tantric path and attempt to find the bridge to brahman by invoking and learning from negative entities There is no right and wrong path in this life all roads eventually lead to the one brahman so my fellow ionists may disagree on what is the best approach to finding liberation some may find it through devotion learning immersing oneself in the tantric path or simply becoming a strict purist ascetic we are all one and must remember that however fighting against each other is also part of our oneness so the true ionist like myself can neither judge condemn nor condone any actions by anyone in order to understand fully the life choices by our peers we must walk in their shoes and live their life only the trained ionists can remember their past lives and can understand many fragments of the whole but we still cannot comprehend someone's actions in this timeline as we also exist in it thus the solution is to simply love everyone as one as a subset and a part of brahman and by loving comes understanding and from that understanding comes knowing and learning some sort of truth that you did not know existed before until you have felt it from a stranger who thinks acts and is spiritually dissimilar to yourself that journey to the truth is the essence of hindu ayanism part 2 who is the founder of ayanism and when was ayanism born many ayanist scholars have debated this question the obvious answer is that ayanism was founded by ayamurugan but who is ayamurugan There are several answers to this question. The first one is that Ayaya is an incarnation of Shiva. His first incarnation. 
This is believed by many Ionist schools such as the Karyakarta and the Senekite schools. Other mainstream schools such as the Atmani believe that Ayamurugan is the offspring of Shiva and Parvati, that is, their child, but much more than this. Aya is the blending of the masculine and feminine aspects of godhood and so is neither male nor female. Other Dravidian schools also equate Aya with Murugan. That is, the son of Shiva and Parvati. I and many other scholars personally believe that all of this is true. Aya Murugan is the incarnation of Shiva and the descendant of Shiva in the form of Murugan and is the universal combination of Shiva and Parvati to create a new being that surpasses them both and creates a new aspect of Brahman that did not exist in the confines of Brahman before. Suffice it to say, the message of Ayanism was directed by Aya and was spread throughout the ages in the many incarnations of Ayamurugan. The first incarnation of Ayamurugan was around 100,000 years ago, according to Dravidian Ionist historians. It was a time when the human species was quite young and the spiritual and material world was much closer than it is now. It was also a time before the block Surapadman was placed that separated these worlds and dimensions. It was in this first incarnation that the young humans were taught the ancient language of Dravidian Ayani, a language and script so powerful that it was, and still is, able to unlock the doors between different realities. In this reality, there is not just this universe and its energies. There are countless positive, lokas, and negative, talas, dimensions that surround our one. These dimensions exists outside of our space and time but some are closer to ours than others. Brahman persists in all of the dimensions or realities but Brahman's essence can be found in the center. Murugan Aya taught humanity how to use the scripts of Dravidian Ayani to inscribe areas of space that would resonantly link with other areas of space-time in near and far dimensions. Thus, when you inscribe this information or language, the portals are opened to other lokas and talas and resonant energy can flow between those planes to ours. Aya taught us how to use these energies to affect our own reality and others. Aya Murugan taught us how to use the resonant energies to heal, see into the distant past and future, how to travel via astral projection, to those planes and to other worlds. Aya taught us how to converse with beings that exist in those realms, including the higher gods. By conversing with the higher gods, one can pray more effectively and directly with the supreme beings that govern our universe and many others. To put it more simply, Ayanists believe that Ayamurugan taught humans the key to unlocking this universe, by understanding how the spiritual flow of energy and matter can change our reality. From this teaching of Dravidian Ayani, all things follow. Thus, once humans had mastered the language of the gods, Aya then taught humans the philosophy of the universe and how we are all one with Brahman. 
Aya Murugan taught us how to live our lives via the various schools of philosophy and how to eat, pray, expand our consciousness, meditate, perform sacred rituals, remember our past lives and how to liberate ourselves from this reality. Once Aya taught us this knowledge, humanity used this wisdom for thousands of years. Thus, the golden age of Dravidian Ayanism was born until it was destroyed in the Kalaya incident. The Ayanist community was split and dwindled for many thousands of years. Aya Murugan then returned a second time after the Aryan invasions of the Dravidian lands to re-educate humanity via the teachings of Aya. This was in 1500 BC. Some of the original Ayanist practitioners were around when Aya re-emerged in 1500 BC and this small community spread the teachings to the non-Dravidians. And it is this first step that has resulted in Ayanists existing, praying, teaching, healing and practicing throughout the world in so many different countries today. Part 3 How to Live as an Ayanist I have had innumerable correspondences from many many people on what is the best path to take as an ionist. I would say though that this sort of thinking is misguided. In ionism, one is allowed or even obliged to study and research as many aspects of Brahman as is possible in this lifetime. In other words, to understand even slightly the vast diversity of Brahman's path and knowledge one must study, experience and ultimately live a full and varied life. One is allowed to work and have a family or live as a hermit for many years. Both are part of the will of Brahman. In fact, I know many Ayanists who live as a hermit, as a solitary monk, then form a family and have a wife or husband and children but then later in life, go back to a monastic life with a group of fellow ionists until finally they become wandering sannyasins. Both men and women follow this path as it is a natural path for the spiritually inclined. I know of other ionist men and women who build up their career, have a family and enjoy the wonders of deep community relations. Then after their responsibilities have diminished, they become wandering teachers and healers for several years before returning to their community and family to resume their familial duties before they pass on to the next life. I have examples of fellow high ionists, members of the inner chamber, who follow the pure path in terms of research and meditation, but experience the richness of Tantra in their personal life. There are practitioners of the Ayurvedic Ardra school who also practice the martial forms of Sanikaich. So, the question is, how do you live your life as an ideal Ayanist? Firstly, you must study, learn about Ayanism, mainstream Hinduism, the many different parts of Hindu thought and philosophy. Learn about other faiths and belief systems. Dravidian Ayanism is the highest form of Jnana Yoga, the path of knowledge, thus you must learn everything. You must learn philosophy, mathematics, poetry, music, dance, language. 
As you learn you must also allow life to guide you in your path. Your subconscious mind knows, from its previous karmic knowledge bank, what you need to do in this life. You will know it when you feel comfortable and relaxed in the path that you have taken. You will intuitively know when to change that path when your subconscious mind talks to your conscious mind and shows you that you need to move on to the next path. This can be realized as simply as feeling bored or unfulfilled or uncomfortable. This is our subconscious mind telling us what we already know and have been programmed to do since we were born. As all Dravidian Hindu Ionists know, that on death, we as Ionists simply do not reincarnate directly into the next body, though most humans and other beings do. At the moment of death, we have a choice. Many souls who are untrained, rush quickly into the next life as they long for life so much. Other more experienced spiritual souls go to what Ionists traditionally call Mikaya or heaven where they can spend their time in bliss for a short while or a very long time relatively. But the true Ionists will know that in order to be closer to the one we must pay our karmic debt or break the karmic cycle to truly advance our souls. For what are we here for but to advance to the next level? The Ionist can choose to be judged. Brahman, the gods and the higher positive and negative entities of all Talas and Lokas discuss with you your duties. Then you yourself will choose your next life and go back to the various material planets that exists in the universe to repay your karmic debt and learn the spiritual teachings of the universe. That is why when you are reborn you are almost always meeting the same souls that you met in a previous life. This is because you have a spiritual karmic link with others which you must address before you can truly become one again. So, how do you lead your life? First study and experience many things, but remember the most important thing is to allow yourself to make those life decisions as you actually know what to do, either subconsciously or consciously. Remember all experiences help us understand the one and helps us become one by breaking the karmic cycle. This is the end of the podcast. Join us again for more learning and do subscribe, share and like. Many thanks.